Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. That's right. Now that basketball and football are over, I will be at my regular time for the duration. So we're an hour into the show, and I did start the show by just talking about how I really feel like uh, this reality show called The Primaries has jumped the shark, and we have reached new lows with the silliness of uh, posting pictures of each other's wives, but that if you, if these guys really wanted to attack each other, there is, uh, there are beans to spill, (laughs) to paraphrase Trump's attack this week. There are beans to spill, and nobody's really spilling them. So Trump uh, did not actually spill the beans on Heidi. I just did on the air, and you can go to my website and check it out, about uh, the greatest threat to sovereignty I've ever seen uh so you can check that out it's her involvement in the council of foreign relations wanting to create a tri-national region of the u.s canada and mexico where the highest prevailing standard for labor laws environmental laws all that kind of stuff regulations emissions would be adopted unilaterally and they would help legislators figure out how to adopt other countries laws (laughs) really i mean nothing could subvert our sovereignty more than that i think but the donald never came up with that and i i just have to wonder why the gop is not vetting its own candidates and uh similarly cruz didn't vet Something I found to be there are many things I'm finding to be meaty and substantive about Trump. Everybody has stuff. Everybody has stuff. So there's no way you're not going to have skeletons come out of the closet. And one of the things the primaries really need to do if they act in good faith for the party is to vet these things. And this issue, actually, I don't uh, think Cruz would have been the one to vet it. I would have thought Chris Christie was the one to vet it. And I'm only retouching on this. I touched on it earlier in the show. Because I've gotten a lot of calls about it uh, off offline, and I'm going to tell you. So what I said was that I was reading an article about Donald Trump. It said Trump lands his first mega donor, and the guy's name is Charles Kushner. Boy, if you read that article, I mean, I was shocked. And I've got pretty thick skin, but I was shocked. And what it is is this guy, Charles Kushner, is Ivanka's father-in-law. So Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka, is married to Charles Kushner's son. And Kushner was the first mega donor to Trump, but he was also the biggest donor to Hillary. He's a big Democrat, big Democrat donor, but he was indicted by Chris Christie. So it's not like these people do not know what's going on here. He was indicted by Chris Christie 
Uh, and he went to jail. He was convicted of illegal campaign contributions, of tax evasion, and of witness tampering. And listen to the crazy thing this guy did. You might want to earmuff your kids on this one. You know, put your hands over their ears. He hired uh, a lady of the evening to seduce his sister's husband because his sister was suing him for taking money out of the family business and making these illegal contributions. So the family was suing him because he owed them this money. They did not authorize it. And in order to get his sister to drop the suit, he had this lady, woman, lady of the evening, seduce uh, her husband and then showed his sister the tape and said, if you, you know, I'll make this public if you don't back off. And she was not intimidated. I guess the sister of someone who would do that cannot be, uh, cannot be intimidated that way. Well, that was the article I read in something called Talking Points. And uh, I actually am not happy that this whole campaign thing is is down in this mud. But what I'm concerned about, I'm not even don't even want to get into that except for that they're how are they not bringing this stuff up if they're really oh we want to stop trump let's stop trump talk about the fact that he's been in bed with democrats the whole time <laughs> you know i mean that's the smoking gun here and uh and like i said earlier i'm not trying to bash either of those guys cruz or trump because if hillary gets elected she will put both feet on the gas, on the welfare and the warfare, and uh, we will just move so much faster down the road to serfdom. We'll be in so much more danger as this interventionist foreign policy gives us nothing but blowback, creates terrorism, refugees. It's, it's going to be awful, and it'll be worse with the one who has the mandate to do it all than for these guys who uh, are divisive. It's better that they're divisive. So, but we're getting calls offline saying, oh, no, it's not Ivanka's father-in-law. It's Chelsea Clinton's. I did not realize this. Maybe I live under a rock. Chelsea Clinton's father-in-law was also in jail uh, for 31. He was convicted of 31 charges of felony fraud and spent five years in federal prison. And his son is married. He was a um, politician from Iowa, I think. And his son's married to Chelsea. I mean, just... Thinking about how obviously corrupt this whole system is makes it so hard to take any of it seriously when the focus is on uh, whose wife is prettier or uglier or whatever. I mean, it's bizarre. Anyway, so now it's your turn. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to William and Jonesboro. Hi, William. We're on with Monica. Yes, ma'am. I'd like to talk about something that's very important. You talked about that uh, trilateral commission for the North America. There's more to it than that. You have to look at the whole uh, scenario. Who's going to pay for all this stuff? That's number one. We haven't uh, figured out what you know what we're doing in the United States yet. We have to pay for what we're doing now. We, what we feel we also have developed uh, responsibilities. Uh, that precede our rights. We haven't developed the responsibilities because we, we haven't developed the understanding of the relationships we have. It's only because you have relationships that you have responsibilities. And, and then only and after you have responsibilities fully developed and, de- and de- explicitated can you have rights. we got to pay for everything. we got to have responsibilities based upon our relationships. And uh, as far as keeping the uh, nation sovereign, we look at history, there's been no such thing as any sovereign nation that lasted forever. Uh, we 
owing to regionalism, uh, maybe in 500 to 1,000 years, but you still got to pay for every step of the way. We're not paying for what we're well, doing. Well, we're not going to last 500 years. I mean, this regionalism thing is breathing down our necks. I look at the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership and the Trans-Atlantic Trade Partnership as just stitching together the two regions for you know, that, that, that this convergence of East and West is, is imminent. If you can't pay for it, you can't have it. But this is how they pay for it. They pay for it through by hijacking the government. So our governments in this country pay for our uh, spend 40 percent of the product productivity. And what do they do with that money? They control schools. They control the army. The government that governs least governs best. The, the region that governs least governs best. So the, the more stuff you've got going on, the, the harder it is for things to uh, emerge. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to consolidate, not expand. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, William. Uh, I do believe that their their goals are so far from what uh, what we consent to as the governed people. Are like, oh, it's a social contract. We consent. The can. I, I, I'm not even stipulating that. I do not consent. <laughs> I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I do not consent. I guess I implicitly consent because I cooperate. But if we consent to anything, it's the it's the government defined by the Constitution of the and the Bill of Rights, which these people betray. So there's no question that uh, they are using our money and our the excuse of defending us to actually take those rights away. I'm going to David in Jefferson. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Did I lose you, David? Can you hear me? Hey, hey. How you doing? Hey, good. How are you doing? You're on the air. Good. I just, um, I, I, I hate to, this is kind of changing the subject. Maybe you can, I'll just, I'll ask you the question and I'll hang out and listen. But uh, what, so what exactly, you know, we're talking about, you know, your vote doesn't matter and this kind of thing. And what exactly, how would it be different if we actually went by the total number of votes? I mean, not, not, not the total number of, the total number of national votes for a person as opposed right. to... Right, so you went to the popular vote instead yeah, of the electoral the, I'm, college? I'm talking about on the primaries, the everything, all the way through. How about every so issue? People, in Switzerland, I have a friend who lives in Switzerland, and they vote, he said, they'll literally vote if you want a park bench in the square. Everybody votes. Right. And it's interesting because for me, I do not, I am, I don't really believe that in mob rule. I, I think that the reason we have a democratic republic is the difference between that and a democracy is that we have a clearly defined objective set of rules that is, uh, that is the law and that we use democracy to, um, get the people who we think can be trusted to execute that, to tease it out with court cases, to define it in legislation, and to uh, execute that legislation. But uh, so popular vote to me just means 51% of the people can vote away everything. And I'm not in favor of that. However, I do think the way this was set up, the electoral college and all that, was a function of the fact that we didn't have the kind of transportation, communication, information access then that we do now. Like the fact that the delegates can go to the convention and change their votes if after the first ballot 
is empowering people who really never had any power, weren't meant to have that kind of power or, or have devolved from that kind of power, as all of a sudden having a lot of power that people didn't think about when they actually picked their names in the primary. You don't think about picking the names. Who picked those actual delegates? Now that matters. So I think you could have a popular vote for stuff like that, and it would be effective. But in the long run, no system seems to beat back Leviathan, who will continue to grow and take our votes for a take our rights away and our money, of course, and the lives of our children. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. More calls after this. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Tomorrow, the high is forecast at 72 with a 50% chance of rain in the morning and a 70% chance of rain in the afternoon. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are uh, talking about, you know, what else? What else is there to talk about? This campaign, and I wish there were... I'm going to start talking about other stuff. We should talk about the Religious Freedom Act. But uh, there's just too much at stake so anyway i'm gonna go to dave hi dave you're on with monica hey monica how are you good how are you doing good i had one question but now i'm angry so i have three for you and i'll just hang up and listen okay uh one why on earth is cases still in the election other than uh, be spiteful to the republican party because he can never win two do you think other republicans will ever learn a lesson from trump and cruz at least to bypass the media messaging and just ignore them or punch them back, as Brett Bart used to say, twice as hard, and not try to make friends and apologize all the time. And three, have you seen any signs at all that the Republican establishment has picked up that they need to change the way they're doing business, and that, and, or are they just going to say, I told you so? All right, I'll give you your answers, Dave. Uh, I, As far as Kasich being in the race, I feel like that's the kind of the weird how do you explain a thing that makes me think that this is orchestrated? And uh, it's so, the only reason people don't all agree with me is that they just don't believe we live in this kind of unreality, that the media is that all-encompassing, is that powerful, and I do. Uh, And I actually posted a couple of videos that affect Cheryl Atkinson was talking about how totally controlled our virtual reality is. Quite interesting. You also asked if the GOP will learn a lesson and not always buy into the media thing. And I think, uh, and then you also said, will the establishment understand that they need to change how they're doing things? By my theory of how completely messed up this is, the GOP establishment has been afraid of the grassroots, especially after Ron Paul and that kind of thing. And they knew that if they left it to us, we would put somebody real in there or good. So they couldn't have that. I think they'd rather have Hillary because she will give them their wars and they don't care about small government and their cronies need the wars. So they don't care if there's a D or an R in the White House. That's what I think. But they can't put somebody out there to lose on purpose like Mitt Romney or John McCain because then we'll be mad at them. So they're making it look like it's our fault. Talk about <laughs> talk about a heavy theory. Let's talk about that heavy theory. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Maybe it's something 
really cool that I don't even know about. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And uh, I, because I'm a libertarian, I can see kind of both sides of the question, both the opinions of, you know, I realized I never I understood Republicans, especially Republican voters. I understand fiscal conservatism, the Constitution, civil liberty, uh, even the war thing. For me, the only justification for war is self-defense. And I really think the breakdown is if you believe what the party or the government is telling you about the facts, you can justify these wars in the Middle East. And I don't believe them. So that's really the differences whereas the the left i don't hold those principles i I read a unauthorized biography of barack obama from before he was elected the first time and it said he's going to have the same wars but he's going to blame them on humanitarian purposes which was amazingly prescient because if you think of the first time he tried to invade syria he said it was for the children they were attacked by chemicals When he destroyed the government of Libya, it was because there were some humanitarian atrocities that were about to happen in Benghazi, which were later proven to be false, as was the chemical attack. That was a false flag conducted by the rebels. So the the left has this uh, doesn't think in strictly don't touch me or my stuff terms as far as morality goes. And of course, they don't have this strict belief in property rights. There's a collectivist thing there as opposed to the individualist thing. But usually you're so worried about the other, the ideological opposite winning that you don't really look at the foibles of your own side. But when I really saw what the other side saw, it was like the scales fell off my eyes and I realized that uh, that people are really focused so hard on what's wrong with the other side, they're never looking at their own side. So before the break, I was saying, I really don't think the Republicans, the GOP, this is how dark I think it is. I think they want Hillary to get in because they will, they're they so corrupt that, that they know she will support the military-industrial complex with wars that uh, are really for economic, you know, connected economic interests and not our national interests and, you know, individual rights and protection. So... But I was thinking, I had somebody call last week, caused quite a firestorm, saying that I don't criticize the Republicans enough. He was a Democrat. And and he was uh, he told the screener some defenses he had for Hillary. And for me, I was like thinking, I should have brought it up then. But as far as the left, when the left looks over and sees the Republicans, they see what's probably true about the the ruling elite in the Republican Party, and we don't see how sinister it is. We think they are just incompetent or some bad apples or we're frustrated. I don't know. But what they see, what the left sees when they see our politicians, as we, when we see their politicians, they see ba- banksters, you know, people who are connected to banks, beholden to banks. They see people who would destroy the civil liberties, who are, uh, you know, against gay rights or against... Uh, pot or, or that kind of thing and who prosecute unjust wars like that's what they see but if you look at hillary that is what she is she's in bed with goldman sachs she is a proponent of the police state and the surveillance state she was supposedly the impetus behind taking out libya and destroying that country a country that was much better off before her, you know, 
thousands of humanitarian bombs dropped on it. And 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 that's why I, I think the left and the right should see what's going on here, that she is the candidate of the military industrial complex and that everyone is playing into her hands. And if if they don't, they, you know, the the real powers behind the scenes, even if they don't have complete control and can actually determine the outcome. And I think at this point they can. I think election fraud is so real that they can do it. They really are just worried about our impressions. That's why they care about this media circus so much. And of course, they get us to pay for our own brainwashing <laughs> through ratings and commercials and stuff. But uh, but it's so obvious that to me, so even if she didn't get in, the other people at this point, the people who are left would do the bidding. Every Every one of them supports this idea of escalating the wars in the Middle East, despite the fact that that is exactly what's creating uh, that spreading terrorism around, that spreading refugees around, is that we're destroying secular Arab governments like Gaddafi's and Hussein and Assad is on the block now, and it goes back 100 years. Uh, so that's what I see is really going on, and and people are still so focused on the other side that uh, they don't realize it. So I think that's that's really the bottom line. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Jerry and Marietta. Hi, Jerry. You're on with Monica. Hey, how are you? Uh, one of the problems, that, and I think you're absolutely correct, but I, I think to take your point a little further is that the Democratic elite that run the parties and the Republicans, they're, they're all the same. It's just that they are they are playing with the voters, uh, trying to instill these ideas that you just spoused on, that Republicans are baby killers and polluters and all that, and the Democrats are, are you know, liberals that want to take all your rights away and all your money. So, uh, so I, I think that the people that run the parties are all the same. Are, do you think they have the same philosophies, or they actually collude I, 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 I think they're all after the same thing. They're just going about it you know, different ways. Look, an earlier caller talked about that maybe we should just leave this to just to raw democracy. But if, if anybody that understands and has written, uh, has read or studied our founding fathers, our founding fathers were were vehemently opposed to democracy. Yeah, that's why we have these objective rights that constrain government. It ties the hands. You're not supposed to. And that's why it's so hard to amend it. People should be should be scared to death of democracy. Yeah, you know, can you imagine if your neighbor your neighbor doesn't doesn't like that oak tree in your front yard, and everybody in your in your county decides to vote against oak trees, and and they make you take your oak tree down? That's what democracy is. And that is how I think it is in Switzerland. I'm amazed at how well they do, but they do do well. And that actually touches on how important culture is. As a libertarian, I never gave much thought to culture. I'm very economic-minded. I was an investment banker. I just think like that, just calculating. But culture matters, and it matters, uh, it matters because people can predict what's going on. They can rely on things. What you don't want is democracy in a rapidly changing culture where people come in and they don't understand the principles on which the society was founded. That's why, theoretically, I am 100% fine with if I want to hire somebody from whatever country. I don't care. They want to live in my house. It should be okay. But if you then give them the right to vote, 
that's not a, a, a right to work or travel. That's that's a, a giving them the ability to take away some of my rights, maybe just simply because they don't understand them, like gun rights or property rights through socialism. And, and, and don't you feel that that's what is behind all of this illegal immigrant? You yes, know, I, I do. I, I refuse to call them illegal immigrants. They're illegal aliens. Uh, it's, a, it's it's also legal immigration. See, that's the thing that people don't understand. Sweden and Germany are not dealing with illegal immigrants. They're dealing with legal immigration. And I'm not against immigration. I'm telling you, I have no, uh, I, I don't. I don't want to restrict people's rights. I'm willing to take the consequences of individual liberty, even if it means I do not win. However, I also recognize when these basic uh, principles are being exploited for a purpose that will reduce my liberty, which is if you get people in here, whether they come from a really foreign culture, like Asia does not have an enlightenment history. They they don't, I mean, they people really think differently from the ground up when they don't have the same history. So, so they aren't going to really understand where the founders came from, where the Bill of Rights came from. You need to, you know, everybody, even people born here, should have to understand that before they can. You can risk letting them vote that stuff away. Well, they, they don't have a history that they don't have an understanding. Look, there is just in, in our lifetime, in, in our recent history, the Balkans blew up because when when Tito was this dictator that kept all those tribes apart, everything was peaceful and productive in that part of the world. You remove that authority, and look what happens to the Balkans. Well, I think Clinton had a role in that. I think the West, I, I wasn't much of a student of that kind of thing at the time, but just in the allusions I've read to it. But they, but it is more sinister than that. They look at things like the way they set up the Middle East was to have a bunch of tribes stitched together so that they would not be powerful. But then when, when the result was secular leaders who could stitch them together, and what? People don't believe this, but Islam was not, uh, you know, Sharia law wasn't taking over. Secularism was taking over. It was a com- It was bent to the left, which that is why we then, as Hillary said, created the Mujahideen to take out the socialist government of Afghanistan. We radicalized uh, Islam on purpose. Brzezinski says the same thing. You worried about radical Islam, worry about Russian communism. They really did that on purpose. And now, so the new revised plan from Bernard Lewis and Condoleezza Rice, you can look this stuff up, is to break it apart and put it together again as these tribal factions who will not be able to uh, get it together, who will be kind of destined to this chaos, and then that will foment this radicalization. So it's all really, uh, you know, really does come down to these kind of geopolitical plots, I think, to to diminish our power. And the United States, the Bill of Rights, is the most important. Uh, I'm going to take a quick call from Janet in Atlanta. Hey, Janet, you're on with Monica. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, something that I, I, I haven't really heard many people talk about, the only person I've heard talk about is Joe Klein, the author. Yeah, and I know. Hillary's health. And, you know, she gets herself elected president and then strokes out because apparently, you know, remember, I remember a few years ago she had a fainting spell. Well, but that was to get out of the Benghazi hearing, right? Well, no, I, I don't, no, I'm not sure. But at any rate, I mean, you know, like Klein says, she has a minor stroke. And supposedly now she's like this campaign is extremely hard on her. You can health. hear her losing her voice all the time. And she's got, she's got a full-time physician traveling with her supposedly. I just wonder, you know, okay, so she gets elected and she, you know, checks out 
And then what happens? I mean, because who's she going to have as her vice president? And I mean, I just, I don't know, I just. Yeah, I mean, it's worth pondering. I'd like to see if she gets as her vice president. It couldn't be worse than her. But sometimes I feel like these kind of issues uh, are meant to distract us and make us think that we're really figuring out what's going on when it's like plain as day, what's going on. She's going to be there to escalate the war, invade Syria, stuff like that. And I think Obama's teeing all that stuff. Him and Ash Carter are teeing all that stuff up as we speak. That's why we're busy watching the circus the reality show and they're doing some serious stuff that's going to reshape the world and our place in it. I think that is going on. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's 61 degrees outside the studio, still gloomy out there. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, we're talking about this circus of the campaign, and I can keep talking about that. I've got other stuff coming up in the next hour. I got some interesting emails from listeners, some questions. One of the questions, which I will answer for you, is... What is it about libertarians that make them susceptible to conspiracy theories? If you are a libertarian and have an answer to that, feel free to call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And I also, I feel like uh, a lot of people have asked me to opine on this religious freedom bill. I guess it's uh, called the Free Exercise Protection Act that's on Governor Deal's desk. And as a libertarian, I I believe in in the free exercise of religion. I believe that you should uh, you can do whatever you want in your personal life. I uh, don't. I also think you should be able to do whatever you want with your property, including telling people they can't come on for whatever reason you want, even if it's unfair. Because I believe in private property. But I also think that if you didn't have tax-exempt status for for such institutions, which have been a hotbed of uh, you know cultural infiltration, there was a 1950s co- commission about tax-exempt foundations and their impact on the culture, the institution, the politics, that it's a way for the power elite to launder money and influence people. So I'm not a big fan of tax exemptions anyway. Uh, and I also... I feel like if you, my, the government should have no role in telling you who you can marry, in giving marital privileges. I think the big DOMA case or the Supreme Court case was about uh, a gay couple getting federal um, entitlements. There should be none. See, that's the thing about liberty is that it eliminates all these conflicts. People have different opinions on everything. And if you controlled your own family or community or whatever, you could have a unanimous vote. You could do it however you want. But when you delegate the force of like guns and law and the power to tax and kill and incarcerate, you can't give that same entity the power to tell each other how to live. So I believe in the total freedom. I usually think bills like this will... Uh, invite backlash. I think there's been some of that. But uh, I'm going to open it up. We can talk about whatever you want. I'm going to get to Bob after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.